Welcome to Front Runner Podcast. My name is James Bowen. Welcome back to the show. And today we have Pascal LeBlanc on the show. Welcome, Pascal. Hey there. Really glad you were able to join us today. We're going to be talking today about blockchain in more detail and particularly the very interesting area that you're working in, Pascal, and that is the the interplay between blockchain, 5G, and what's happening in that space. And maybe you could give us a bit of a background of, of what you see as the intersection as we go forward with 5G and how blockchain is really going to play a role in the security side. Sure, sure. I'd be happy to do that. And uh, thanks for, uh, for having me. I'm always glad to come talk about technology uh, on podcasts. So <clears throat> uh, both 5G and uh, blockchain are new and innovative technology that are kind of growing. They're not in the adopted state yet. They are, uh, they're, they're growing, they are maturing. And uh, <clears throat> what's interesting about what you mentioned about where do they come to overlap? Because when technology starts converging, this is where we start seeing uh, a boom in adoption, but also uh, the most value created from those new technologies. And uh, what, what we're working on right now, uh, we're kind of a blockchain com company, but we have an offering that starts overlapping with uh, the, the, the 5G uh, technology. So the way we see it overlapping uh, where the most value uh, will be at is uh, for certification of connected devices. Certification of connected devices. That's really cool. So what you're envisaging there is many different types of devices. Can you give us a sense of some of those types of devices? Because mainly we think in terms of computers or laptops or cell phones, et cetera, as devices, but you must be looking at a much broader selection. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the promise uh, of 5G deployment and kind of more than just a bandwidth increase is there's going to be a whole uh, wider array of devices connected to these networks such as uh, captors, sensors, or even simple action devices such as uh, a smart light switch, um, uh, your, your door locks, and there's a... Uh, there's going to be like all those small action devices. And what we'll see by having all these connected together is we'll see more and more automation. And what I mean by that particular uh, way of automation is machine-to-machine -machine interaction. So you'll have some sort of capture devices that are going to, under certain uh, conditions, are going to trigger action devices. That'd be cool. So then, uh, for example, our, our uh, toaster we might have is... Might, if it sees that the toast is done or that there's no toast in there at 8 o'clock in the morning, trigger some kind of action. But, Pascal, if we have this wide selection of devices in there and, and blockchain is, is uh, recording those devices so that we know that they're legitimate, what about the authentication of the device before it's recorded into the blockchain ledger? It seems to me that must be uh, an issue of concern is how do we know that this device is legitimate when it's being put into the blockchain? So, um, like blockchain can be used uh, for storing, as the ledger itself for storing the payload of the data, but in the first, uh, in the first step, what we'll see is it, it will be used as a uh, uh, certification authority. So who says certification says certification authority, which, uh, which you know, uh, would translate in 
uh, where the, the reference of what is correct or not is. Uh, so whether uh, those two devices should talk together or not, uh, whether that version is the right one. So that authority, uh, that's where I see in a, in a first step where uh, blockchain will bring a lot of value. Um, and the, the certification per se uh, will happen on two different levels. Uh, the first level, which is most people will be familiar with and is common today uh, in, in web traffic, which is authenticating the sender and the recipient. So uh, a good protocol uh, called SSL, uh, uh, Secure Socket Layer, <laughs> not to go in acronyms, um, is, is working super well to uh, identify that the right sender is, uh, is receiving from the right, uh, the right sender is uh, sending the right recipient to the intended recipient. Um, so that's the, the, the first step, identifying the, the right parties that are communicating together. But another important one, uh, even more especially in a machine-to-machine -machine interaction, is you want to make sure that the device is working properly uh, when it takes his data capture, for example, uh, when it, it, a, a, a sensor, uh, a, a temperature sensor uh, would catch a temperature, you want to make sure that it's functioning properly. So how do we determine that it's functioning properly? So we've got now the, the blockchain is recording the device and we've got an authentication approach. How do we validate using blockchain or similar kind of technology that the sensor itself is performing properly? Okay, so um, I'll give a, 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 a simple example on how uh, those technology interact with one another. So, uh, for example, uh, you're the, the device manufacturer. You, you manufacture uh, a smart, smart ter thermometer. Um, and what, at the moment, you know that the, uh, you, to function properly, your thermometer has to be able to, I don't know, uh, you, you, you program two or three tests, like convert Fahrenheit to Celsius, uh, give, your, uh, give the, uh, the firmware version. So that's kind of the operating system that the device runs. And then you, they have to be able uh, to, to, be able to, uh, send, to send a heartbeat, uh, just a, a, a heartbeat to the, um, to the uh, developers to see the frontier property. So you'll have those three tests. Um, and you'll have kind of your firmware version. So it would be, let's say, 1.4. So then all you, what you use the blockchain for is you'll store, you'll store kind of how to, uh, how to test or how to run these tests and what the results should be. And since blockchain is an immutable uh, storage volume, uh, you'll be confident that whatever's entered uh, last Tuesday saying the, the, this thermometer should run version 1.4 and we should expect a heartbeat at that, uh, at that address uh, from the developer, um, from the, uh, the, the chip developer. Uh, those tests of battery are reliable. So that's what you use kind of to, whenever you want to access that the device is running properly, you just go on the chain and see what has to be done. And that's kind of your point of reference uh, in order for you kind of to level uh, what is the definition of running properly. Well, that's really cool. So you actually predetermine what it is that the device, the kinds of data that you should be receiving from the device, maybe how frequently the update is, etc. What about in a situation in which 
We've got many different devices of a variety of different kinds across a complex network. For example, in an autonomous vehicle where the tires may be sending information to the computer on board computer and, and those kinds of devices tend to be the weakest link where the security protocol on those might not be well-defined. And that's where the hacker would attack, maybe not the, the car itself, but something relatively simple, a little sensor. So is this technology going to be suitable for even the simplest little sensors that we might have, have on, the, uh, on the IoT, the Internet of Things? So there's two key pieces I mentioned earlier on. You have like uh, the, the storage for uh, what's right or wrong, so the certification authority, so kind of the formula that tells you this is what is intended. Uh, so this technology uh, is out there. We have an offering for that uh, at, at my company, Mantle. But there's also the second part you know, where you have to be able to uh, make those tests run or those comparison uh, on the device on runtime because you don't want to be able to stop the device or to run uh, another piece of software uh, within your device. So uh, that piece uh, that piece can be quite challenging, um, and we are working on you know this piece can be quite challenging and requires innovation with the current state of the art. But we uh, today we're currently working with. Uh, a, 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 a 5G pre-commercialization platform called uh, IoT Accelerator, developed by Ericsson. So we're working uh, uh, to be compatible with that uh, development kit uh, in, so that any 5G uh, compliant chip makers would be compatible uh, with that, that innovation, that uh, kind of runtime uh, uh, firmware assessment that we're developing. That's really cool. It's always cool to see how the convergence or the emergence of various technologies come together, 5G and blockchain, for instance, and that impact on IT security. Now, in most cases, the end user will not even realize that this is taking place. You know, the average consumer, for example, won't see all this. Is there any is there any uh, visibility of this kind of technology to the end user? I mean, are they going to be aware of all this structure behind the, the toaster that they might have or the car structure? Or do you envisage this being fairly uh, invisible to the average consumer? So the way I think uh, this will unfold uh, in terms of consumer visibility is uh, it's going to end up in a similar uh, spot than uh, the SSL that I mentioned earlier on. Uh, so kind of, um, you know, 10, 12 years ago when uh, all the, tr the internet traffic became uh, HTTPS instead of HTTP. So, you know, you had those uh, kind of green lock appearing at like in a small piece of your browser. And that's pretty much the only difference you, you would notice. Um, when when you're in in the encrypted environment, when you're compliant to uh, the, the the security protocol, so I think it's going to be similar. You'll have kind of a a, a somewhat a lock or a, a, a little visual indicator, but that won't be really noticeable and won't change, uh, won't affect how consumers are experiencing it. 
for the, the secure case, but if some something uh, starts being wrong, so when you're on the internet and some a website uh, that doesn't have the certificate or there's a problem, you, you see like this website is not secure and you'll have kind of uh, built-in mechanism to alert consumers when um, when when the, the, the security is not 100%. So I think uh, we'll see something similar. You'll have a beam thing. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, this got, like a check engine on your car, you'll have kind of a, a, a check security uh, when something's wrong, but wh whenever everything's running smoothly, uh, it should be unnotice not noticeable by consumers. Although I, I suspect like a complex engine of a car, most of the consumers, while they may be alerted to this, I, I wonder whether they would be able to correct any of this themselves, maybe, maybe uh, reinstall piece of software, do an upgrade, is there anything that you envisage the consumer being able to do, or would they have to go to a professional? So, to answer that, like, let's, I would have to put push the thought a little further and and try to imagine where this would apply. And back to my comparison, when I said that you're going to have kind of sensors uh, that are feeding data to action devices for the device to do the right actions at the right time under the right conditions. So, I would suspect that uh, the, the, the interaction that a consumer would have uh, with that, that security layer would be uh, around the action device. So you want your action device to do the right action for you. So uh, it would be up to the action device manufacturer to support it. Uh, or even you'll have kind of a, the, uh, the, um, you'll have kind of a, an evolution of uh, your uh, appliance repair store that will do that will offer new cybersecurity services, maybe. So whenever your fridge broken, you know, you call that appliance repair guy. So maybe you'll call these kind of service people to service you. Like if we push it a little further, I could see this be happening. That's cool. The last question I have for you for today, Pascal, is is um, we're starting to see some awareness in some of the more specialized magazines around the issue of the Internet of Things and the security particularly how that could change security from just being a, an issue of we might get hacked, we might lose some data, we might lose some financial information, to more of a safety issue. If our car is hacked while we're driving it, uh, that becomes a safety issue. And mm -hmm. starting to see out there a growing awareness that with the Internet of Things, it's not just um, around maybe losing some data, it's also a safety issue if our, our toaster gets hacked, for example. Yes, uh, definitely. And, uh, you know, when I said machine-to-machine -machine interaction or, you know, automation, uh, that's kind of the other side of that automation uh, coin is uh, the more you automate, the less humans are involved, but the less uh, the, those automated tasks becomes, uh, they, they become... Uh, important and they have higher impact. So uh, yes, uh, it's normal to be more sensible uh, for automated, uh, impactful tasks like driving a car, for example. And that I like that you came with that because when we talked about blockchain and the 5G overlapping, it's all under that that cybersecurity rule. It's like uh, to verify that those devices run properly, you'll need like bandwidth and you'll need uh, you'll need computing power on those devices to be able to do those extra checks. 
and that's where uh, 5G brings a lot of value because it's going to be easier to communicate or to assess that the device running properly because the bandwidth will be there, the connection will be good, the response time will be fast. So uh, due to that, uh, once the software part is, is figured out, uh, it's going to be easier to be more comfortable uh, with all those securities aspects for uh, higher uh, impact automation. It's really good that people are thinking about security before we start releasing these devices out into the wild rather than afterwards. Pascal, we're coming through the end of our podcast. Do you have any closing takeaways or comments for the listeners? Not to be, uh, not, not to be afraid because, uh, as you mentioned, the, uh, the enterprise world are more and more sensible to cybersecurity. Uh, and that, the fact that this is a trend, there's more uh, brain power, more efforts, more capital in uh, bringing that automation uh, the, the, as safe as possible. Say that is encouraging to know that we're pre-thinking the security aspect of it before this gets out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I'm super keen to see uh, all, all how all of this unfolds. And uh, you know, I'm somewhat hands-on with the, uh, the, the in the 5G IoT space. So uh, I'm glad to be part of it and try to make uh, automation uh, more secure and the world a better place. Very cool, Pascal. Thank you for joining us today on uh, Front Runner Podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs>